What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Current Era Pod. I'm your host, Julian Julian. And today, we have a lot of things to discuss. News reviews, updates, tidbits. Uh, we have No Hard Feeling, Vinland Saga, Demon Slayer, and a whole bunch of other shows. And uh, a lot of MCU and DCU news to get to, of course. Uh, that's it. Let's go ahead and get straight to the episode. Mondi! Hey, how's it going? <laughs> we got a lot of things to discuss today, man. News, reviews, updates, tidbits, factoids. Not a lot of films for me, but a lot of uh, TV shows that I've seen. I'm excited to get into the debate and the discussion of what we're going to discuss. So let's fucking do it. Let's go. Of course. Let's start with some teasers and some trailers. Um, Uh-oh. First teaser for the Suicide Squad, Isiaikai. Uh, it's, it's a new it's a new suicide squad anime uh, it's apparently being released you're funny what are your thoughts on that on the little teaser we got uh it, it looked interesting but i'd be lying if i was like i can't wait for this i can't wait to check this out i mean obviously i'm the anime guy of the two of us and like i love me some isekai but do i really give a fuck about the suicide squad in this format i really don't um I saw a lot of people like crapping on the designs for some of the characters, like the Joker and Harley. I'm pretty sure that's like all they showed, actually. But well, I'll say, um, was there <laughs> any other characters besides Joker and Harley? <laughs> yeah, they, they they were like crapping on the designs and saying it looks stupid and da 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 da. Nah. The designs look fine to me, but cool. right. But you know, um, again, I I honestly, I probably won't even watch this if I'm being real. That's just me being real. What, what did you think? I mean, it looked cool. Like, I need to see more, definitely. I mean, like you said, all we saw was Joker and Harley. Um, but I do like the idea of anime tackling, like, Marvel and DC. Um, there's, like, an X-Men anime from the 90s that's, like, a, that's like an anime. I think it just looked, I haven't seen it, but the clips I've seen just look so dope. And I think, like, it's, like, the perfect merging of two mediums, like, comic books and anime. Like, this should have been done. Like, I want an anime Spider-Man. Give me an anime Batman. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just I think it's just a good crossover. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, the um, X Men anime was on Netflix for a little while. I it don't was? think it was. I, I don't think it was the '90s one that you're talking about, but there was one that came out in 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. It was mm. actually straight. Um, I watched like the first four or five episodes, and I just fell off of it for no reason. But it was actually straight. <clears throat> Very but, convincing. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. We have the trailer for the new Zoe 102 movie. Uh, this is, of course, the continuation of Zoe 101 in a movie. Everybody's older now. I've seen this trend a lot, like with the iCarly and everything like that. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on uh, on this trailer? Did you, first of all, did you watch Zoe 101? Thank you for bringing that up. I never watched Zoe 101. I thought it was Whoa. the stupidest shit ever. I didn't give a fuck Whoa. about Jamie Lynn Spears or whatever the fuck her name is. That's and, um, that's, that's, is that her name? Okay, great. Exactly uh, her name. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I didn't care about the Zoe 102 trailer. Uh, I didn't even watch it, if I'm being real. Actually, I saw the first 30 seconds and I was like, why am I, why am I doing this? Like, I don't know who any of these characters are. I don't care. So, Mondi, as the biggest Zoe 101 fan I know, and mm-hmm. I have multiple sisters, by the way, guys, tell me, <laughs> what do you think about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little so too bullshit. Your opinion means zilch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm probably the biggest Zoe 101 fan. It is an amazing show. I'm so, I don't understand why you didn't like it. Um, fun fact, Victorious is actually a spinoff of uh, Zoe 101. I, I love Victorious as well. Um, yeah, I first, well, this, this trailer looked like all the, other like continuation that they're doing where they're just trying to give it a little bit more edge because now everybody's older but nothing i'm going to look forward to um probably c c minus loading uh possibly <laughs> possibly a d jamie lynn spears looks fat looks fat as fucking ugly as hell wow um, whoa toxic king we love it <laughs> but we she was cute love it she was cute back in the day, but I'm still mad at her for actually like ruining. I'm kind of biased because she ruins Zoe 101 by getting pregnant and being a little whore. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. let's talk some actual movie trailers now. Zendaya stars in the first trailer for uh, the movie called Challengers. This film comes out September 15th in theaters. What are your thoughts on this trailer? Yeah, this was. I I don't know why Zendaya agreed to do this role. Um, maybe there's just something, Mondi. Your your make believe love that she has for white men. Uh, oh, make believe. Okay. I mean, look. If you look if you date record. if you date one white man, does that automatically mean that you just love white men and nothing but white men? Come on, bro. It, it doesn't. But she dated multiple white men, so yeah. <laughs> okay. And Nate, you know what? I'm, I'm going Euphoria, to believe you because I absolutely know who Nate from Euphoria. She actually um dated him too. Nate from Euphoria. Nate. His name is Nate, right? Like the the jock, the guy that's always fucking around on Cassie. That might be his name, yeah. Um, 
I'll 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 take your word for it. But you can sure just tell, know. like she's, she's. I mean, it's cool. First of all, she's biracial, or whatever. But just pick a side, bitch. Like, don't be trying to get all of our fucking coins and you know and act like you're so in alignment with our culture, but you didn't know these white men. Anyway, go ahead. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. So you can't be an ally and date a white person? Uh no. Well, all no, right. you can, but you can't strictly date white men and be an ally. Then it's giving pattern, and it's giving choice. Um, what the fuck ever the, the movie trailer itself sure <laughs> she's she's getting gangbanged by these two guys uh mm-hmm. it's about a tennis movie and tennis I, we all know i love tennis i'm gonna skip this um zendaya's not enough to get me in the theater to watch this bullshit i'm sorry um all the jokes and memes are funny but do i give a fuck about this film absolutely not what do you think money yeah all the color shit aside um zendaya this trailer didn't look like too crazy but i'm gonna check it out uh, Zendaya actually is enough to get me excited. Uh, you, you know, I was talking about that shit about her. I think she's a fine actress. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll watch it, but I'm not looking. I'm not like checking for it to be honest. Um, yeah, seeing her juggle two white men. Um, yeah. Anyway, All trailer. Right. We have the trailer for Five Night at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, this is in theaters and on Peacock October 27th. That's never mm-hmm. the greatest sign. Um, what are your <laughs> thoughts on this trailer? And did you play Five Night at Freddy's the, the video game? No, never played it, never heard of it, didn't know it was a video game. Um, oh, wow. This trailer, I feel like I've seen this trailer so much, but maybe I didn't. Maybe what I've seen was teasers and not the actual trailer. Yeah, teasers. Uh, yeah, but I don't care about this either. Uh, <laughs> I'm absolutely not going to watch this. Um, I have literally no interest or investment in this franchise at all. So this, the trailer didn't show me anything that I was like, wow, like I got to see this. So mm. what do you think? Yeah, I never played the game either, but I definitely know that like the Five Nights at Freddy's has like a huge fan base, like a, a raging fan base. Um, it's like a horror video game, I believe. Um, and yeah, it's, it's well, first of all to me, it's just so good to see Josh Hutcherson back. Like he's such a he was such a talented kid actor. Um, I thought he kind of just kinda, like went away for a while. Um, maybe I don't know if it was his own choice or he wasn't getting casted anymore. So it's refreshing to see him back in the limelight. Um, but yeah, this movie trailer didn't do that much for me. I like the idea of like animatronics being haunted, like. That's kind of cool. Like, as someone that worked at Chuck E. Cheese, do you have any investment in that? No? Not at all. Okay. Well, as a kid, those little animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese used to scare the fuck out of me. So maybe this will bring back that. <laughs> maybe this will bring back that fear uh, okay. that, that lives inside of me. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's just a decent trailer. But I'm excited yeah. to see Josh Uh Trailer, last trailer here, guys, is for Craven the Hunter, releasing October 6th, starring, um, what's the nigga name again? Um, Taylor Johnson. Something like that's that. it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this trailer? Um, it's 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 so funny how time can just just change you because when I saw this trailer when it first released, it it was another visceral reaction. Like, what the fuck is this? Um, I I mean, I wasn't even angry at the fact that they made him an antihero. That's something that I basically expected because if if you're getting a movie, it can't just be, especially a solo movie at that, which is what they said this was going to be. They would never just make a solo movie of him being a villain and winning with some no-name hero going against him. Like, it, it, it just wouldn't happen. So he's going to be an anti-hero cool. Um, him not having an accent, I don't know why I just assumed that that he would just have the accent. Like, he's Russian. Like I, 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 And the fact he's that Russian? he didn't, he's Russian. And the mm. fact that he didn't was just like, what? The nigga's name is literally Sergey, by the way. Um, <laughs> most <laughs> Russian name ever. Uh, I, I, I was actually like, why? Um, Budin, Budin, Budin. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's Vladimir. Vladimir. That's what it is. Vladimir. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, but the nigga's name is Sergey, which is second. It's like Juan and what Carlos. Anyway, oh my god, that was racist. <laughs> anyway, why doesn't he have the accent? Um, why is this nigga like in a compound instead of in the jungle? Uh, why? You know what? You know what? I think that this movie is going to be bad. Very, very bad. Very bad. Um, people thought Morbius was bad. I actually enjoyed Morbius. Uh, people thought the first Venom was horrible. I actually enjoyed that. But I don't think I'm going to enjoy this at all. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Monty? Well, Sony has a trend with Morbius and Venom of making all their little villain spinoffs anti-heroes. I think they're just trying to build out their own universe, that people, uh, characters that people can root for. They are. Um, obviously. But I didn't get anti-hero. I mean, I didn't get like villain vibes from the trailer. But what's everybody keeps saying like anti-hero vibes in the trailer? Like, what in the trailer made you think he's an anti-hero? I'm just curious. When from I watch that, 
Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's been a week since I saw it, but it, it looked like he was like defending somebody in the trailer. Mm. Not just okay. the animals. Like, obviously, his whole thing is like, okay, the animals are mine. Like, they're my crate <laughs> type shit. Whatever, nigga. Uh, but from what I remember, he was like defending. Like, there was like a moment in the trailer where he was clearly a good guy. Like, mm. like he he okay. was defending something more than himself, and that was enough for me to say, "What the fuck are we doing?" Uh, okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Overall, the trailer. I mean, it looked like a. Honestly, if if I didn't know what Craven the Hunter was, I think this is just like an action movie that comes out, you know, like, <laughs> like a like a generic action movie. Um, I mean, but, but is 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 that a good thing? It's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. It, it, it didn't feel comic booky. But okay. who knows? Maybe it could be a good thing once I see it and I have full context. But mm-hmm. I like the fact that they, they got a, a actor like the caliber of Russell Crowe to come in there and his father. He's going to add some levity for sure. So he'll be in uh, there for twenty minutes, maybe. Think so? Uh yeah. Okay. Probably. Well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not. He, he's an outstanding actor, and I, I like Aaron, I like Aaron Taylor Johnson a lot too. I agree. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Craven the Hunter is essentially a nigga with the Super Soldier Serum times three. Uh, so that'd be cool to see. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Great. Oh. Also, last thing I wanted to say about this trailer, uh, I, I just want to give credit as I did it in previous pods. Just Spider Man's Rogue is just so it's just so expansive that his own villains can get their own like stories that people are invested in. Besides Batman, I mean, I don't think. Do, do you think Batman's villains could have like this kind of thing as well? Like, could there be like a Riddler movie, a Mister Freeze movie? People yes. will go see it at the box office. Oh, like people like like the masses, maybe not. Yeah. But okay. like me, yeah, hell yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna see a fucking it, Penguin or Mister Freeze movie. Us, yeah. yeah, I yeah, would. Yes. I mean, yeah, but okay, but the masses are not going to see fucking Craven. I just want, I, I, no, I'm just serious. Like, I, I, I want that to be. I want that to be 100 clear. Like, I the mean, masses are not going to see Craven. The masses saw Venom. I mean, he's, he's a bigger IP than Craven, I guess. But wait, masses. You know, I think Batman's villains are more recognizable or average household name than Spider-Man villains. So maybe that's the wrong point. Anyway, let's talk. Let's move on. Um, Ryan Seacrest is officially set to take over as the host of Wheel of Fortune in 2024. Um, this is for all the grandmas out there that watch Will of Fortune. <laughs> I was going to say, you watch Will of Fortune? Yeah. Hey, no, but okay. Hopefully some listener will appreciate that a bit of news. Um, this is big. Uh, Ryan Murphy is leaving Netflix and plans to move to Disney. Um, this is a big deal. I mean, Ryan Murphy's the head of a lot of amazing shows like Glee, uh, Dahmer, American Horror Story, Scream Queens. He's got like some pretty, he's like the Shonda Rhimes of white gay niggas. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, this is a big deal for Netflix losing him. I'm not, sure, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ryan Murphy or not, but do you have any thoughts mm-hmm. on this? No, not familiar. No thoughts. Don't know who this is. Um, if he's brilliant enough, maybe he'll give Disney some good stuff, but he's going to Disney and he can't do any of the shit you just named at Disney. So, yeah. Glee. Glee. Oh, but it can't be gay. Not at Disney. Actually, Disney gotten pretty. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Chad Tehelski, <laughs> uh, director of John Wick confirms he's releasing a director's cut of John Wick 4. Uh, his quote is, we cut out a big chunk of Berlin, the whole, the, when he's in Berlin in the movie, a whole mm-hmm. character fit, a, a whole character called the Frau, um, which is a pretty, apparently he's not in the movie, but he's in the, in the director's cut. And it's a pretty funny scene, I guess, with John Wick and another scene between him and the tracker and a few other action beats that we did not pack in because it just couldn't fit into the three hour uh, runtime. Are you excited for this John Wick 4 director's cut and will you be checking for it? Let's come um, Am I excited for it? Uh, I don't think so, no. But will I check for it? Probably. So I, I got to like buy a fucking Blu-ray and like figure out where I can stick a Blu-ray. Hopefully it's on streaming. Probably not. But uh, yeah, shout out to John Wick, Chapter 4. Uh, I, I guess I need more. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm like happy where, where it ended. So I'm not yeah. sure if I want more. But what do you think? I mean, yeah, a three-hour cut is pretty <laughs> lengthy, but... If he feels like this kind of stuff could, I mean, like, I just like John Wick and the lore so much. Maybe it could just be cool to see. Um, but watching it in its totality, like making a three hour movie, like, what, like a three and hour, 45 minute movie? That's going to be kind of crazy. Right. But but yeah. it, who knows? It could be it could be worth it. Do you have a favorite director's cut of a movie? That's like an offshoot question. Ooh, uh, I don't know like, if I have like, a favorite. Not, like, n- not including the Snyder cut. That's like a whole different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, it literally is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head like a favorite. I, I think the the three hundred director's cut was that Zack Snyder did was pretty great. Oh, I never saw uh, that. What's, what's yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's on the Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, it's just more more of the same. But okay. because it's three hundred and it's in that world, like you love it. And you know mm-hmm. what? Um, Get Out. The director's cut. I, I, don't, I don't know if this classifies as a director's cut, but oh, like uh, the alternate ending. 
No, the the thing where Jordan Peele is talking over the entire movie. Mm, he's like okay. literally telling you like this is what I was thinking here. This is what I was thinking here. He's yeah. like laughing at Twitter like yeah like it, it's just serial kind like yeah. That, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have another Snyder one for mine. Mine is the the BBS director's cut. It makes the movie like twice as good. You, you know, I, I love BBS already. I'm in the minority. It mm-hmm. makes it makes BBS so much better when you watch the like director's cut. Um, and so yeah, we both like Zack Snyder director's cut, I guess. Awesome. Um, J.J. Abrams is making a grounded and gritty live action Hollywood. <laughs> I will I will say that one more time. J.J. Abrams, <laughs> Star mm-hmm. Trek: Force Awakens. Is making a grounded and gritty live action Hot Wheels movie. What are your thoughts? What the fuck are we doing? Um, <laughs> a grounded and gritty NASCAR film? Hot Wheels, nigga. That's even worse. Sorry. Hot Wheels. Like, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll check your Instagram, Monty. I mean, no if, way. If you, if, if you really want to see this bullshit, that's cool. I'm not watching a fucking movie about Hot Wheels. Sorry. I don't know, man. I think Dom Toretto might be shaking in his boots. He got some competition. He got <laughs> he some competition. He got some competition. <laughs> You're funny. It's only a matter of time until Fast and Furious. You can't be like the Monopoly out there, just out there by yourself, dominating with these car movies. Of course, mm-hmm. somebody had to come along. Hot Wheels might be the one to do it. I mean, I was a big fan of Hot Wheels as a kid. Were you? No, nigga. Really? No. No. I'm, I'm, okay, what'd you play with? Fucking dogs or something? Megazords, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, The Last of Us creator confirmed that Matthew McConaughey was in talks to play Joel Miller and came very close to being Joel. Could you have seen Matthew McConaughey and would you have wanted him over Pedro Pascal? Uh, Well, yeah, because, I mean, I'm I'm in the minority in this point where I thought Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey weren't the best Joel and Ellie. And Matthew McConaughey probably could have done a better job, if I'm being real, as Joel. Um, But... It didn't happen, so it is what it is. I'm going to live with it, and I'm going to, you know, I'll be excited for The Last of Us Part 2 when they release it in three, four years or whatever, but I could have absolutely seen Matthew McConaughey doing this. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play the games. I don't have the context that you have, but yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, I think Pedro Pascal did really good as Joel, but I definitely think McConaughey, this is like a role that he could definitely do as well. I'd be interested to see what he would be able to pull off. Um, Let's talk some video game news. Uh, and Among Us animated series is in the works. Did you play Among Us? And are you excited for this show? Not excited for your show, but do you care about the show at all? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, Among Us kind of hit during that pandemic time where it was just fun to play these random games. It was like that, Fall Guys. And now you see it with Only Up. There's games that just catch on for whatever reason. Like, you, you get one streamer to play it, and all of a sudden it's just like every everybody's trying to do it. Among Us was one of those games that had, especially during the pandemic when it was – Nothing but just Warzone, uh, Call of Duty Warzone caught on, like, you know, that, that was like the biggest thing. And then Among Us, you could say, reached it to a, to a certain extent. Um, I tried it. I played it, but I was never like the hugest fan of it. But it, it kind of fits itself into a TV show format because of what it is. You know, it's like it's a mystery. So um, I get it. Am I excited? No, uh, but I get it. So this this doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, as the resident non-game player, I definitely heard about the hype when this <laughs> came out. Um, but yeah, I don't care about the animated series, to be honest. Um, offshoot as well. My coworkers at work, they love talking about this game called Diablo. They just play it all night. They had like yeah. some, like actual sleepovers to play this shit. Do you play it? Whoa. Have you heard of it? Grown men having a sleepover? <laughs> well, I guess. Right. <laughs> well, they, they stay up all night at each other's house. So, yeah. That's the sleepover. All right, great. Uh, that's, 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 that's what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I've heard of it. I have not played it, but I have heard of Diablo. I think they just released Diablo 4 recently, um, but yep. I don't play it, so I don't know anything about it. Okay, just curious. Uh, and last bit of 2D, um, wow, last bit of video game news. 2D Mario is back for Nintendo Switch. Mm. Uh, guys, if you want to see the trailer online, I recommend if you're a Mario fan, it looks really, really cool. It's like a two-minute trailer of gameplay. Um, it's called Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Uh, it's like a side-scrolling Mario adventure featuring four-player co-op. Um, there's, there's like a new elephant power-up that looks really, really cool. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> what are your thoughts on on a, t- a new 2D Mario game? Yeah, 2D Mario game should have died 20 years ago. I don't what? know why they're still being made. They're stupid. Really? They're unoriginal. I don't like them. Wow. Um, I, you know, it, it was cool in the 80s and the 90s, but I, I, I don't I don't want them anymore. I don't need them. Um, there's no reason in 2023 I should I should be playing a fucking side scroller video game and like and it be taken serious. So I don't want this. Um, I was more excited for the um, what was it the Super Mario 
RPG remake that they announced that it, it was uh, the original on the uh, NES. They're remaking it. It looks great, but I don't care about the 2D side scroll. I just don't. Maybe uh, my mom would, but she's 55. So, sure. I don't know, man. I think that might be a hot take. I mean, I I love. Is it? Uh, yeah, I love side scroll games, like, like like the Mario ones, especially. So I'm I'm actually might buy this, like just to kind of feel that nostalgia. Um, okay. It looks, it, it, watch the trailer. There's like a whole lot of new stuff added to it. I watched it. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay, so many different power ups and stuff. Yeah, there's only so many so many times I can just press right on my control pad and just keep the jumping in, keep you know hitting the mushroom. I I don't care. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I, I actually might get this game. Um, and there's also a new solo Princess Peach game has been announced too, coming in 2024. Mm. There's also a teaser for that out right now as well. Yeah, know. how fucking dare they? But okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> Let's talk some Marvel and DC news, guys. Uh, Sam, this is just funny. This is uh, watching well the Samuel L. Jackson interview with the cast of the Secret Invasion. Have you watching that by the way? Yeah, I've I've seen the first two episodes. I haven't seen today's episode though. Same, same. Uh, well, he says Marvel. Will, he says Marvel basically shoots down drones that fly over their sets while they're filming. His quote was, uh, "They followed one back to where the dude was. They found him, and yeah, they got him. We don't and know yeah, what that means. They <laughs> got him. No, you know what the fuck it means. <laughs> Kevin Feige, what the fuck are you up to? Kevin Feige is out here sniping niggas. Like they wait. They they followed him back to where he was, and yeah, they got him, nigga. What? <laughs> What? They got, got brain wiped, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that shit is uh, fucking admissible in court. Like this nigga, this nigga <laughs> is getting like this nigga Samuel Jackson's gonna be called in. Like what the fuck? He just admitted to cold blooded murder. That's yeah. crazy. The fact that Kevin Feige is the actual kingpin is just hilarious. Um, this nigga also <laughs> he also said that the script for the Avengers was stolen and put online for sale back in like twenty twenty or twenty twelve. And he's like, um, Marvel arranged a fake buy. To find the thief. Quote, his quote was, they found out who it was. The dude quit and left the country. Left the country, my ass, nigga. They killed this nigga. <laughs> this nigga left the country and went to the same place Michael Jackson and Tupac <laughs> and everybody else is at. Because that nigga dead. Kevin Feige is the real life kingpin. Um, That's crazy. It's, it's always funny, too, like seeing like like new actors come on board to the MCU, like whether it be Amelia Clark or Haley Steinfeld. And they always say the same thing. Like, I, it's scary. Like the first day, like mm-hmm. you're reading like they have to read a script in like a, a, a windowless room. It's like a four by four. <laughs> they take your phone. They take your eye, your eye watch. Like I, I watched Haley Steinfeld's interview. I think with the late night with Jimmy Kimmel. I can't remember. She like she, she went in like this little layer and like, the elevator just took her down like fucking eight stories. <laughs> so she, just, just to read a script. I was like, what the fuck is coming? If I got, I got going on over there. But um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Warner Brothers. Um, where am I at? Yeah. So now we're on the DC news, I guess. Warner Brothers basically was asking Christian Bale for months and months to be in the Flash, of course, to reprise as Batman, and he denied, which I thought was very smart of him. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this? Would you have wanted to see Christian Bale in the Flash as Batman? Um, that would have been the best cameo of the movie after having Ooh. seen the movie. But mm. um, I, I totally see why he denied doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If if they sent him for first of all, I'm, I'm sure they didn't send him an entire script, but. They probably sent him notes and saying, you know, this is what happens. This is how your character fits in this. And he was just like, no. Uh, but honestly, Christian Bale is one of those, like, ritzy actors that just wants to be done with Batman anyway. So I'm not surprised that he said no. Um, but it, it literally would have been the best cameo in the film if he would have came. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so happy he didn't do it because his Batman, I love the, the Nolan trilogy. It does not, it's just not a comic booky Batman. You know, it's, it's a much more realistic take. And I just could not have... I like that trilogy in its own little bubble. I don't ever want to think of the fact that he was in some multiverse universe uh, adventure with Flash. Like, that's the realistic Nolan verse, and that's that's where it should stay, in my opinion. Um, Brian Cranston says that people fan cast him a lot as Lex Luthor. He quotes it as lazy casting. I had a I bald head. He said I had a bald head, and they go, ah, Lex Luthor. It's like, come on, let's think about this a little bit. What are your thoughts? You say you agree? I agree. I mean, it makes sense. He's like, oh. You you can clearly you can clearly act you can clearly be a bad guy you're bald you're you're Lex Luthor I totally agree um, there are better actors to play it and not saying that Brian Cranston couldn't do it I'm sure he could but it is lazy casting uh, find somebody better I don't think of it as lazy casting I think of it as maybe maybe basic casting but. I see. Look, I see what he's saying, but I think he would make a fucking amazing Lex Luthor. Um, yes, it might be lazy in the sense of people who don't know other bald actors, but 
after seeing his work in Heisenberg and, of course, other roles he's been in, we know he's an amazing actor. We've been longing the fans for uh, a, a Luther with gravitas and and it can have that 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 dialogue back and forth with with a god. And I think Brian Cranston could perfectly portray that, even though he happens to be bald, you know, and he's played menacing roles in the past. He would be such a good Lex Luthor. Like think of him in comparison to like Jesse Eisenberg. You know, like it could it would just be night and day. And I think it would really make a great Lex Luthor. But apparently, you don't think so. Nope. <sighs> uh, speaking of Superman. We have a casting. Uh, the actor David David Cornsweet will, will he will play the Man of Steel in the James Gunn Superman Legacy. Um, there's also a Lois Lane. Her name is Rachel Brosn- Brosnahan. Um, yeah, I mean this is another example of the internet winning when it comes to fan casting. They've been fan casting this guy for like the last I want to say year or so. They you know of course it happened with Doctor Strange and Benedict Cumberbatch and so sometimes it happens. It comes true. Mm-hmm. Same thing with John Krasinski. And, I mean even though it was brief, we got him as Mister Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy definitely mm-hmm. looks like Superman. He, he looks like Henry Cavill. I mean, died Henry Cavill, but he looks like Superman. What are your thoughts on this casting? I know you say you don't want to see his other work. You kind of, you kind of want to go into it fresh, but yeah, what you, he's six four. That, that's always a good thing. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I've 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 been through this song and dance enough times in my lifetime to where every single time I have the same reaction, I overreact. Uh, I'm always angry, and I'm always like, "What the fuck is this?" He doesn't look like how I pictured him in my head and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, this time, as I mean, especially with somebody like Superman. Like, Superman is literally the most iconic comic book character of all time. Um, and, like, he, he's probably my favorite, aside from, like, maybe Batman, that, like, we're, like, I fucking do this shit about Superman. So, like, it's it's just, I'm I'm too invested to care. Like, honestly, like. I'm going to force myself to hate it before I even see anything. So that's that's kind of why I'm just like, I'm, I'm just going to wait and I'm just going to see what comes out because there's been so many times in my life where I've overreacted to these things, bro. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's, especially when it comes to DC. Like, when, when Ben Affleck got casted, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? When Robert Pattinson too. got casted, what the fuck are we doing? I was high on that one. Remember? When, 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 when Heath Ledger got casted, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? And I was wrong about all three of them, and there 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 were more, obviously, but yeah. like I'm 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 just I'm I'm sick of overreacting before I see literally anything. Mm-hmm. So let's see how he does. I hope he does great, and uh, yeah, I mean I'm rooting for him. I mean I want Superman Legacy to be a great fucking movie. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean the guy's got blue eyes, six four, dark hair, <laughs> looks like looks like Henry Cavill. Honestly, he really does. Um, he's just not as jacked. And if you watch, like, I've watched his interviews not yet because I wasn't familiar with him. Um, he has like a very Clark Kent kind of mannerism, so everything is in line so far. I just got to see him. Oh, brother! I, I got to see him on the screen. But Henry Cavill will have my heart for right now for the time being, and Christopher Reeve as well. So we'll see. But honestly, I saw a tweet that was like, "Every Superman that's been cast in live action has been really great," and I have to agree with that. I love Brandon Routh and Superman Returns. Guys, I actually watched that again recently. It's a, I, I hated that movie as a kid because I was like, you did? I did. It's just, it's not enough action. It's stupid. Um. Bro, I watched it again as a, as a man, as an adult, and that's actually a really good Superman movie, uh, and it works really well as a continuation from Christopher Reeve's Superman as well, which is it, that's what it's supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. The playing sequence is like one of my favorite superhero sequences of all time. Uh, it's just such a if you're a fan of Superman, it it really nails like who his essence is, uh, and that scene at the end when he picks up the kryptonite mound or mountain, like that's just such a powerful scene. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think. All the Supermans have been really good. I, I've been hearing Tyler Holchin's really great on Superman on Clark and Lois or whatever Superman and Lois. Tom so, yeah. Welling, give him his props. I haven't watched Smallville, but yeah, I know people love Tom Welling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's there's been a good track record with Superman casting. So I'll say that. Um, have you ever seen a casting that that came out and you were like, okay, I, I want this. I think this is going to be a good fit. Or have they all been negative? Uh, a good fit. Wow. Maybe Gal Gadot. Yeah, really? Because maybe that's that was like the only way to Gal Gadot. I I saw it immediately. Was... Yeah, like I saw it immediately. Like I saw that she was super tall. She had she had the right body for it. Uh, which wow. it's it, it's people so funny because yeah, but people are like, bro, she gotta have some double knees. Like, come on, bro. like what the fuck? She ain't got um, blue eyes. Yeah. yeah, it was a big thing that she wasn't white either. Like that was a big thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one that that I've like hated. And been right about was Jesse Eisenberg. That mm. was the only one where I was like, "What the fuck are we doing?" Like clearly, clearly this nigga cannot do Lex Luthor. 
and boy was I right. But yeah, pretty much everybody else. I mean, I'm not sure that I've ever loved immediately aside from like Gal Gadot. The casting that I, I remember really loving, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's more, but I remember really loving Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I was like, this guy looks like Aqu- like, th- like the new 42 Aquaman, not like the classic blonde hair Aquaman. Yeah, like, this guy just looks the part. And so I remember being happy about that. Mm-hmm. You know what's okay. crazy? I, I, I remember hating Andrew Garfield like when, when he got announced mm-hmm. as fucking Spider-Man. I mean, like, yeah, I thought the heels of Toby, though. I mean, come on, we, we all had to have some kind of spike. Uh, I remember hating Christian Bale. I was like, who is this? Who is this? Really? Like, as, who is this fucking kid? English motherfucker? Yeah. Man, we, were like, we were like in sixth grade when that came out. How did you, how did you hate I had a lot of hate in my heart, my boy. <laughs> a lot of hate in my heart. I don't like him. He's angry. Yeah. <laughs> He's not my fucking Batman. <laughs> I like Lush Clooney. <laughs> okay. Where's Kevin Conroy, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, Moving on to some, mm-hmm. I guess, tidbits. You know my favorite segment. Okay. Um, Tyrese, have you heard of his Michael Bay story about how he was casted in Transformers? I have not. Let's hear it. So he was recently on all the Smoke podcasts with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. And, he, and first of all, Tyrese, take everything he says with a grain of salt. He he likes to exaggerate and flaunerate everything. Mm-hmm. Did I say flaunerate? That word. I don't know. <laughs> no. um, nigga just like he literally said he was the, the the perfect combination of Denzel and Will Smith. So yeah, he's that guy saying his story. But keep in mind, this is what he said. He said he they, he, he met. Um, this nigga on a plane, and he was like, Michael, Michael Bay, Bay. Yeah, him and Michael Bay instantly connected because he, the first thing he said to him was like, bro, like something like along the lines of like, you know, your, your movies aren't all there or some shit like that. And he was like, Michael Bay liked that. He was so honest with him. And he had a whole conversation. Plane lands. He invites Michael Bay up to his hotel with 30 bitches, apparently. So there's, there's 30 bitches in one hotel room. All right. He invite, he invite, first of all, I wonder how Michael Bay feels about the story being out here. <laughs> he invites Michael Bay up to the up to the hotel room. He heavily implied that he got he convinced all the bitches in this room like, hey, when this guy comes up here, this old white dude, do some things to this man so you can really like fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to be in one of his movies. Heavily implied some things happen. Damn near sounds like prostitution. Um, I don't know why Tyrese would divulge this information, but he did. <laughs> and he said. Michael Bay had a time of his life. I'm sure he did. I'm <laughs> 30, sure he did. 30 big booty black bitches. <laughs> and, um, so he said right after that, him and, him and Michael Bay offered him the role that was given to Bernie Mac in, in Transformers 1. Mm. And he, he, he said after hanging out with him some more, he said that Michael Bay started to like him so much, because I'm pretty sure he just kept bringing bitches around, yeah. that he, 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 like, he literally made the role of him and Josh Duhamel and the soldiers just for him so that he could be in the movie and, and give him more to do than what Bernie Mac's character would have done. Um, I don't know how true that is. I'm sure there's some truth to it. Sure. The fact that Michael Bay is just. <laughs> you can be bought with big booty bitches. Basically getting fucked in the hotel by 30 bitches just to get Tyrese to 15 minutes of screen time. Transformers <laughs> 1 is hilarious. Uh, but uh, You know, it's yeah. funny because I remember Tyrese's role in that film more than I do Bernie Mac's. But I guess Bernie Mac only was in the beginning. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, even, even, even out of all the Transformers films I've seen. Um, and all the human interactions that we've had, I still remember Tyrese's role. So yeah, I mean, really, he, he's in the entire trilogy. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he, I think he had the most to do in part one. But he's in Darker the Moon. He's in um, the Fallen. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, if that's what it takes to get a role in the trilogy, sure, why not? Hey, we just saw the idol. We know what it takes to get one. <laughs> uh, the idol review coming soon. Um, Lorenz <laughs> Tate. Lorenz Tate was supposed to be Harper in the Best Man series. That's interesting as well. Uh, he said he had to turn it down for another project, but he said he regrets it. But he thinks that, of course, um, what's the nigga's name? Harper. Well, Harper is played Tate by. Diggs. Yeah, Tate Diggs, of course. He, he thinks he did great. But could you have seen Lorenz Tate as Harper in The Best Man? Uh, yes, I guess. But mm-hmm. I think Tate Diggs kind of owned it himself. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah, maybe maybe if I never would have seen Tay Diggs, then yeah. But I think Tay Diggs was the guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the Best Man. I love the Part Two, and, and I love the fucking series as well. And I think Tay Diggs just owns that role, like you said. He he does such a good job at playing a guy that's like just always down with his luck and just <laughs> making the worst decisions, like at his own detriment. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can see. I think the Rens Tate could have done it, but not as good as Tay Diggs. Um, let's get into to some reviews now. Uh, I know you had two okay. anime reviews that you wanted to do first, and we will get into those. The first right. review is for Demon Slayer Season 4. Is the entire season already done? Uh, yeah, the Season 4, yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Demon Slayer Season 4? 
Yeah, man, this was uh, this was another good season. I will say it was a step down from season three. I think season, season three was a tier, damn near perfect. Um, but season four was supposed to be more of like a bridge because we're kind of in that weird stand, um, that, that weird point in the manga where there's there's really just the final arc left. The final arc is huge. It's going to take probably two or three years, maybe even longer, for them to animate it and put it out. Um, especially with the way UFO Table does it, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but you know what we saw was supposed to be just a bridge between season three and season five. But season four was still good and it's all right, man. Um, excuse me. Uh, a, a lot of great, a lot of great character development, a lot of great uh, animation and dialogue. Uh, but the best part was the relationship between Tantro and Nezuko. Um, as we know, that's like the heart of the show, and they had a really important, important scene at the end of this season, which I won't spoil for anybody that hasn't seen it. Uh, but it, it was a really great way to, to end the season. Um, I give it a B. We can move on. Um, so you say final arc, is it like the show's coming to an act, like an end? Yes. Hmm, okay. Soon. That's, most mangas, I feel like, keep going. Am I wrong in that? Or Yeah, well, I mean, mangas of this popularity keep going, yeah. But, I mean, no, th- this is it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You know, there's there's there there's less than a hundred chapters left, so there's probably less than like fifty episodes left. Okay, interesting. Um, now, what's your review for Vinland Saga um, season two? Vinland Saga season two, man, um, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Uh, this was one of the best seasons of anime I've seen in a while, from start to finish. Uh, and it, it's so funny because season one was was perfect season one was perfect it's it's a revenge tale told in the viking times it's a coming of age story we see thorfinn as a young kid growing up to a teenager and we see we see his story and how his life played out um but there's so much action in season one like it's just non-stop action 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 go 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 i mean it's all our war essentially and then season two takes such a drastic turn that you think i mean Going into season two, you almost think that there's no way that it could possibly match or even exceed what they did in season one because, you know, most of the time in anime, it's it's the action that makes things over the top and crazy. Uh, but this time in season two, it was the it was the character development and the growth of, of Thorfinn. Again, another another coming of age season for him. We see him from a teenager to a young man. And just seeing seeing like life lessons that he learns along the way, um, the biggest being that like you don't have any enemies. And it's it was almost like a throwaway line that his dad told him in season one that he, of course, wasn't ready to hear when he was a child. But as he grew into a young man, he learned the importance of that phrase. And uh, just like another another just amazing season, man, just great, great animation. Uh Great, great character development from Thorfinn, and with with basically only what two real action scenes in the entire season. Oh wow! Based, I mean, yeah, this is a twenty six episode run. There may have been maybe five to ten minutes total of action, mm. whereas in the twenty six episode run in season one, there may have been twenty four episodes of action. <laughs> so it is it it, it 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 just goes to show you like how drastic the drop off of the action was and. That's a that's another main theme of Thorfinn. Like, you know, in, in, in season one, he was living he was living this life of revenge and hatred. And in season two, he was trying to grow and move on from that. And he did to an extent. Um, and it, it, was, it was just fantastic to see, man. This, this is an amazing season. This, this was an A for me. This is one of the best things I've seen all year. Uh, I, I'm so I'm so pissed off that it's over. I have to wait another year and a half probably to see more. Um, but it was absolutely fantastic. Villain Saga season two. If if you guys are not watching Villain Saga, if you're an anime fan, you've got to watch it. Um, it. It's no wonder that Amazon fought to have its rights solely and exclusively on Amazon for season one, and it's no wonder Netflix tried to fight and have its rights uh, solely and exclusively on season two, because this shit, this shit's amazing. I'll just, I don't know, I'll leave it at that. It, it was an A. Hmm, you've almost sold me there. Um... <laughs> Vikings, revenge, kid growing up into a man. It sounds a lot, a lot, a lot like like the Northman, which I saw last year, which was my my favorite movie of all time. Like it's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time now. Okay. So uh, you might have you might have just sold me on that. 
Did, did you watch The Northman? No, I didn't. But okay. you might just saw me on watching that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> We're selling each other. Okay. okay. Um. Bla- what? Okay. Uh, Black Mirror season six review. <laughs> you don't watch Black Mirror. Right? Do this. No, I remember we had our that was our top twenty of the year, our top ten of the year. Got it. All right. Um, so yeah, this was a disappointingly short season for Black Mirror fans. Uh, this was only had five episodes the entire season. Um, we, we were told going into the season that each episode would be more cinematic, and I definitely felt that way to an extent. They kind of sacrificed, I guess, the quantity for the quality, but not in terms of, of the storytelling. This is like lower end Black Mirror, in my opinion, but still, lower end Black Mirror is still better than eighty percent of the shows that are out there right now. Um, and I know you don't watch Black Mirror, but I highly recommend you at least. Um, watch some episodes that, that people think are really, really good. Like, not just me, because it's one of those shows where you can just drop in literally season five, episode three, season four, episode two. Each story is like its own little mini movie. It's like an anthology series. So it's got some really, really quality episodes out there that are just amazing. Um, my favorites from this season would be episode three, Beyond the Sea, starring Aaron Taylor, I mean, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. His performance in the episode was just stellar. Um, my least favorite episode in this season for Black Mirror fans out there would probably be Demon 79. Um, not a bad episode, but just my least favorite. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on Black Mirror season six. What'd you uh, give it? I gave it a B minus. And guys, that score comes from me giving different episodes, different grades, and just kind of giving like a medium score throughout. Um, but yeah, B minus for Black Mirror season six. Uh, the Bear season two review. Do you get a chance to finish this show? No, I haven't finished it. You can talk about it though. I really don't give a shit. Okay. Um, yeah, so this continues the themes from season one of basically like pressure and breaking points and expectations. Uh, I do think Jeremy Allen White is nailing it as Carm, the lead. He he plays being a, a disheveled person so well. Uh, he just always looks like he's disheveled. Uh, I love Ayo Edaribi, something like that. I can't remember how to pronounce her last name. Um, who plays the, the black girl on the show, Sydney. I love her. I love her. her her representation in the show for black women. Um, it's very different than what we normally get to see. Um, I love that it's, they don't treat black women like a monolith. She's a very kind of quirky, awkward, just like a, like a normal person. But that kind of representation of black women, we don't really get to see a lot of movies or TV. So I appreciate that. My favorite character on the show is Marcus. He, I mean, I just think I'd watch a spinoff on Marcus. Like there's a, an arc in, it, in the season where he goes overseas and has a train and make how to make desserts and shit like that. And I literally watch a whole season of Marcus just doing that, going overseas and honing his craft and learning life lessons. I think he's just such a such a character with such sympathy uh, that I appreciate. And that kind of goes to speak on how I feel about the, the whole season. Like these characters are, represent such real archetypes of people. Like I know a Fac, I know a Richie, I know a Sydney in real life, I know a I know a Marcus, and that thing, that's the that's the seasons are the show's strength in my opinion. However, sometimes the show does feel redundant in the fact that these characters are so self detrimental to their own goals. A lot of them are, um, and that kind of theme, like I said, is carried over from season one. And at the time, like I get it, like people who are going through shit or have self destructive tendencies. I'm not going to just heal, heal that shit overnight. It's, it's going to be like a cyclical in nature. However, when it comes to a TV show, like I said, it does feel redundant when the same thing is happening in episode one or season one is happening in season two. But the highlight of the season for me would have to be like the Christmas episode. So many names in that episode, episode seven or six, I believe. We got um, fucking John Bernthal's back. He gets more to do. I know you were disappointed about him in season one. He didn't have a lot to do. We get John Mulaney, Sarah Paulson. What's the lady? Why am I blanking on the name from Halloween? Um, fucking Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, she does really great. It's got some great performances. Overall, I kind of still feel the way I feel about season one, though. Like, it's a good show. People put it on this pedestal of it being, like, just amazing. Um, It's got amazing moments. But overall, I I give the show a B. I think it's it's a good show that I'm I'm happy it's there. But I don't don't personally put it on that pedestal that everybody else does. So, yeah. Got it. You want to add anything to that? Nope. I'm not finished with the season. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, and last last review here for a show, at least, is The Idol. Um, this is show just wrapped up on Max, the show starring The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp. What are your thoughts on The Idol? I know you're looking forward mm-hmm. to this as a, as a huge Weeknd fan. Yeah, um, you go first, Money. Um, this show is very blatantly, obviously, about Stockholm Syndrome, and that was abundantly clear from episode one. As I mentioned on this pod before, I'm horrible, horrible at, at predicting where movies and shows go. But I literally can I literally predicted Jocelyn's entire arc in, in episode one. I was like, okay, she's gonna get with this guy, he's gonna do her wrong, she's gonna find her worth. 
I pre- I knew the entire season from episode one, and I feel like the writers of the show thought the show was a lot smarter than it really was, unfortunately. But the show does it has it's not all that. I don't think it's a bad show. Um, I think that the show tried to throw hypersexuality in your face to the point where it was like not really advantageous advantageous to the story. Um, like I don't I don't think that hypersexuality is inherently a bad thing in storytelling or movies, but make it add to the characters or make it add to the overall premise. A lot of times it felt like they just wanted to say, hey, here's some titties every five seconds. Here's some ass. As a straight man, I appreciated that. But as a film and show critic, I do have to point out when it does feel like pretty frivolous, I guess, at points. Um, Lily Rose Depp, I think she has a great face for for movies and, and shows. I know she's the, the star. I mean, the, the daughter of Johnny Depp. I think she just looks like a movie star. She has that old Hollywood kind of beauty. I thought she did really good as the lead. The Weeknd, however, who plays Tetros. I was laughing at this man the entire season and like laughing at him, like at his character. Um, the acting is subpar, but most importantly, he's supposed to come off as this threatening, menacing guy, and it just doesn't work. The Weeknd's not a trained actor, obviously, which we obviously I knew that going into it, but if he's going to be casted in this role, he's got to nail the, the menacing, threatening part. Like, I was looking, like, it was so many lines of Tetros. I was just like, dude, like, Weeknd, come on now. Like, I never bought it with Tetros. I'm like, this is, this is the fucking Weeknd. Um, and yeah, I thought he was just hilarious in the, in the role. Um, one set, one thing I will say about the show though is the music is fucking amazing. Um, the music is like every episode had a song where I'm like, oh my god, I'm rushing to my to my phone. I, I got to download that song right now. Uh, there was some new artists in here I was introduced to that I really love now, like like Asudana Sun who plays the blonde girl who can sing. Um, um, M- Moses Sumney who plays the black dude. He makes some great music as well, and the weekend has some great music as well. So the music fucking slaps. Uh, but overall, the show I gave it like a C plus. Uh, it's just not as good or not as smart as Sam Levinson and The Weeknd thought it was. And I feel like their visions definitely collided at points. You can tell where, where's the show? Is the show trying to say this is the story or like what's what's the actual message of the, of the show here? Um, it just kind of got lost in translation in my opinion. But yeah, please tell me your thoughts. Interesting. Yeah. So on first glance, uh, especially during the first few episodes, it's, it's kind of like you said, there was, there was a point where, you know, as a, as a straight man, like, you know, it, it's cool to see ass and titties, but um, the the overabundance of these weird random sex scenes was getting in the way of the art, in my opinion. And, you know, like, I think the the best example of it is where Lily Rose Depp's character is trying to find inspiration and The weekend literally goes up and fingers her in front of everybody to get her to moan for a song. There's there's literally no reason for us to to see that together. Like, I. I the song did sound better though when she started doing that shit. But yeah, I agree. Go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, we can get there in a different way, is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, of course. So I mean, I I I want to blame all the hypersexuality on Sam Levison. I mean, obviously we know this nigga from Euphoria, and we see what he likes to do. Um, but I do think the weekend is culpable to an extent because I feel like he had the power to say no. Um, I mean, look, maybe he did. Maybe he was overruled. We don't know. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the first few episodes were really tough to get through. And for me, because of the the over-sexuality, I really had no problem with Lily Rose Depp. Honestly, I thought she was good as a lead like you. Um, And I I thought she got better and better as the uh, as the show went on. Um, And The Weeknd. Yeah, he's he's not a classically trained actor. The nigga's a musician. Uh, (laughs) um, But. I disagree with your take about him being. Did you say he was bad? I, I don't want to get your thoughts wrong. No, I said he was bad at portraying a menacing or threatening person. I never felt like he was a threatening presence on screen. Yeah, um, I don't think that was his character. Uh, I think his character was meant for you to hate him and for him to be like a slime ball. I don't. I don't think that his character was meant to be like a gangster. That I mean that that's that's that's, that's, that's not, not what, what I, I meant by threatening. That's not what I meant by threatening. Like threatening the threatening and menacing. Yeah, because he's like he's the, the leader of this basically like this nigga like Charles Xavier. He has like a school of gifted youngsters, all these little fucking kids who can sing. And he's definitely like that authoritative presence among them. He's supposed to be, oh, it's Tetros is coming around. Let's we, we got to get in line. Like I never felt that kind of not like a gangster type shit, but just like, you know, like that kind of respect form and like that. Is what I meant. Oh, yeah. OK, so, I mean, we just interpreted the character differently because I, I literally never got that feeling like I, I never got that they were supposed to just fear him when he walked in the room. Um, but that's cool. I mean, if that's what you got, okay, great. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, I thought the weekend did what he could with the role. I thought that he had a lot of fun with the role. Uh, mm-hmm. like you said, like there was, there was a lot of scenes or a, a lot of dialogue where 
um, you know, as a as a fan, I know that he loves film. So it, it's just funny to see him doing this kind of role to be like this, this, this hated guy and to just stress this fucking pussy or whatever the fuck you would say. Like some of his, some of his dialogue was just hilarious to me, bro. That shower scene. I, I had to pause it. I had to pause it. Shower scene. Oh, when he was standing in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a good thing. He Batman. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. That, that, that was, that was actually hilarious. Um, fact, the entire show was shot at his weekend's actual house in real life too. Yeah. Yeah. His house in Canada. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, as the show went on, I honestly started to enjoy it a lot more when it when it when it stopped being so sex heavy and it was more about the characters and the music. Like you said, the, the soundtrack for this this show is absolutely incredible. Um, obviously, uh, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the weekend and his music, but um, Lily Rose Depp, like the the the, the like, I'm a uh, freak, yeah. bro, I, I I fucking thought that that song was a joke. Like I literally thought that song was a joke. And then when I realized it was on the soundtrack and I heard it, I'm just like, this shit's a bop, actually. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like pretty much, pretty much every, every song she has on here, Dollhouse, one of the girls, like I absolutely love. Um, and it, it's funny, like you said, like uh, Suzanne and and Moses, like I'm 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 like a fan of these niggas now. Like they're ultra talented, uh, and I I appreciate the weekend for using them in in this soundtrack and getting them exposure. Um, because like, you know, all those years ago, I had no idea who the weekend was, but I heard him on take care. I heard it on, um, crew love. And I was like, who is this nigga singing with Drake? Like this nigga has talent. Oh, you never heard the, uh, the house of balloons trilogy. Of course I heard it, but I didn't hear it until after I heard him in take care. Oh, so, so I'm saying back and listen to his oh, music. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to say like, just like Drake exposed the weekend to me, the weekend has exposed these other guys to me as well. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's awesome. Um, for whatever reason, the finale was super rushed and super weird, oddly paced. Uh, but honestly, I don't really fault. There, there's like no fault in that. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, it, it was almost like HBO was like realizing what they had on the air. And it, it was like, we got to get this shit over with. Because um, to me, it, it kind of just ended abruptly. Uh, but yeah, man, like I, if I'm being real, I enjoyed it, man. Like I, I gave it a B. I mean, after after I had time to sit with it. Um, and after I had time to kind of realize what it is, uh, I, I enjoyed the show for what it is. I mean, it is not a great show. I'll probably never really go back and watch this show, uh, unless there's a season two, which I highly doubt, but the, the soundtrack alone, um, the, 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 the weekend and Lily Rose Depp being together, it was good. And, and it was solid performances by the, the other cast. Like I thought her assistant, who was just a bitch the entire show, she was just getting fucked and <laughs> looking angry the entire show. I thought she was hilarious. Uh, the Do you remember her from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? Uh, no, but I'm sure she was in it. Um, the the black lady D, I think her name was, was hilarious. She, she's she's like the typical mama bear, you know. If you heard her, I'll fuck you up type character. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was it, it was it was actually enjoyable towards the end. In the beginning, I. I, I just I just didn't see the vision. I was just like, I don't know what we're doing here. But episodes what four and five, I guess, I was like, okay. I actually like this show. Yeah, it's definitely getting a season two. It's it's been the most even though it's it's been shitted on by critics, it's getting it's been like the most talked about and watched show out of all the shows out right now. Um yeah. it had a crazy viewership. Uh, of course I, I credit that probably to the weekend. Yeah. And last thing, didn't episode five feel like there was like a two episodes that we missed in between? Because out of it nowhere did. Jocelyn's like super angry at Tetros, and she has mm-hmm. like power over him now after being like in his shadow the entire time. And mm-hmm. Tetros is like he's like a raging drunk. He can't even mm-hmm. like function. I'm like, what? Did, what? What happened between episode four and five? Was it a time skip? Yeah, I don't know, but that, that was funny though. Okay, let's talk some movies. Did you watch The Perfect Find on Netflix? The movie starring Gabrielle Union? Only watched No Hard Feelings. I didn't watch anything else. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, as you guys know, I love me a black rom com. I jump at the opportunity to watch them every time they come out. Like ones with bad budgets, especially like this one. Um, but yeah, this movie just wasn't good. Uh, it, it sucks. <laughs> it, it sucks too. Because um, I like Gabrielle Union. I thought she did serviceable. I mean, she's playing very, very on brand for her. Uh, but Keith Powers, who plays her opposite in the movie, I've been rooting for this guy for a long time. But I just come to the conclusion that he's not going to get better. Um, he's he's got the look. I mean, all the girls like him. You know, think he's handsome or whatever. But he just does the job. Like he's not bad at his job, but he just does the job and adds nothing to it. He's like he reads the line off the script. He just he never elevates the material that he's in, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, it just had a weird pacing to it, man. Like they literally met and started making it out like within three minutes. It was, it was really weird. Like 
I get it, the whole love at first sight kind of thing that you try to go for, but it just didn't feel organic. And it took a weird plot twist at the end. Uh, not plot twist, but like a weird plot introduction in the end. Like, um, Unfortunately, this wasn't a good movie. I gave it a C minus, I believe. Um, <laughs> next review right here is for Past Lives. Uh, this is the new A24 movie. Did you get a chance to watch this? No, you, should, you just said no. Um, this is the movie that stars, well, it's about two Koreans living in South Korea. They grew up as like childhood lovers. The girl goes to America, her and her family immigrate, and they reconnect 24 years later. I've been trying to watch this movie forever. It's A24's latest movie. It's not. It finally got like released into like Atlanta, like maybe like two weeks ago. So I was able to watch it. It was it was so so good, man. It's got two great, authentic performances. It's just a real depiction of how love really is and how life really is. It's not really like, like um, what's the word, romanticized at all. It just feels so real and it's so heartbreaking too. Um, the chemistry just feels so wholesome and, and so real and so authentic. There's like there's like a, literally a montage in the movie because like she the guy's still in Korea he, he's been there for years where he lives and the woman now is in America they're on FaceTime and that montage built more chemistry in maybe five to seven minutes than the entirety of the movie I just mentioned with, with Gabrielle Union and Keith Powers um, and that just goes to show like when you know how to tell a story you know it's there's just advantages obviously to like to like superior storytelling and having two actors that really feel like they actually are in love um, the movie is like very like the scene when they obviously do first meet in real life, um, it kind of reminded me of like that scene in Moonlight. I don't know, I don't know if you ever saw Moonlight, but when Chiron is older now, he meets Kevin for, um, in, in that diner. It's like yes, like as the audience, you're like rooting for these two to finally meet in person, and it, it, it did such a good job of them capturing the magic that you you would feel of meeting your long lost lover uh, from 24 years ago. Um, but yeah, in the end, almost got me. I, I don't cry in movies a lot. I didn't cry in this one, but I definitely. Um, had a little glazing over of the eyes. I'll say that for sure. Um, oh, no, yeah. Glossing over the eyes, not glazing. Sorry. Um, moving on. Uh, let's talk no hard feelings. This is Jennifer Lawrence. Glazing. Holy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. My, my eyes were gloss, guys, not glazed, because that would have that been crazy. That would have um, been crazy. No yeah. hard feelings. This is the movie starring Jennifer Lawrence. What are your thoughts on this movie? Uh, if I'm being real, I was disappointed. Um, I... I wanted to, you know, based on the previews, I thought this movie was going to be absolutely hilarious, and it just wasn't. Don't get me wrong. There were times where I had a laugh. Um, there were times where I where I enjoyed it. And I honestly honestly enjoyed, like, the realistic ending of it, even if the ending wasn't what I wanted. The ending was very realistic. Um, and I thought Jennifer Lawrence gave – excuse me. I, th- I thought Jennifer Lawrence gave a decent performance, but I just don't find her attractive. I'm not sure why. I just – She's just not attractive to me, and that, that was like a big problem throughout the film. Um, and a lot of the scenes where she was trying to portray sexiness or, you know, forced sexiness, uh, I was kind of thinking like this kid, like, bitch, you're trying to kid at me. Like, you're not sexy. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I saw it, but this is this is just going to, like, chop up to, like, another rom-com that I am going to forget about in a month. And when we do our interview review, it won't be on my best or it won't be on my worst because it'll just exist. Uh, mm. I, I honestly like I I I wanted to really like this movie and I, I wanted to like be in diehard laughter. But honestly, looking back, they kind of gave away a lot in the previews as well. Um, some of the gags anyway. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a seat. I mean, it was a decent time at the movies. But when I walked out, I was kind of just like, oh, boy, now 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 what else am I going to do today? What did you think? Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it more than you. I, I don't think it was great. I gave it a B minus. Um, but I was very interested to see Jennifer Lawrence in a comedy because I think she's just naturally funny in person. Like if you watch her interviews or her on the red carpet, she's very funny. And I, I think it did translate. I mean, unlike you, or I mean, I feel like most of the world agrees with me. She is very, very attractive, and so I mean, yeah, you know, we we all have our own tastes, I guess. Um, there's a, a scene, guys, for people who do find her attractive when she's butt naked, and uh, and titties is out, and uh, yeah, so that was fun. Um, I, I'm wondering if the studio would make this if the roles were reversed. Like, what if there was like a 18 year old girl who's shy and doesn't get out much, and the parents hire a 30 year old man to come and essentially just fuck her? Um, would, would that happen? Would that be received well? I don't know. I doubt it. I thought the movie took a while to get going. It started out kind of slow, but then when Andrew Feldman's character is introduced, I thought he did really, really great. Um, the movie definitely gets rolling. Like th- their dynamic is very, very fun. I hate the ending. I had to kind of shy away from that. I, like, I don't know why all these comedies have to have, like, the third act where the two characters fall out and there's this dramatic thing. Like, 
it's just so formulaic. It, 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 was honestly, any of it real? It oh, honestly, it honestly be so much more refreshing if they just didn't do that. Like they just, I don't know, they just got the hell. I don't know, they got together. Or, just don't do the whole falling out team between two characters in the comedy or romance or rom com. It's just so old at this point. But yeah, overall, like I said, give it a B minus. It was cool. Um, last review here, guys, is for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You're so hilarious. I watched all the Indiana Jones in totality in, for two weeks for, um, leading up to this. I've seen some of them in pieces. Um, I saw Saw Kingdom and the Crystal Skull before. That's it. And I've come to the conclusion that I'm just not the biggest Indiana Jones fan. I mean, none of the, <laughs> none of the right. movies are, are bad at all. I think Harrison Ford does great in the role. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just not an uber fan. I, I I didn't give a single movie in this entire five movie franchise more higher than a B. Um, yeah, the highest one got like a B minus, I believe. And that was Temple of Doom and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which are the ones that fans hate the most. So yeah, that, that goes where yeah. Um, fun fact: somebody actually shit into my theater uh, as I'm watching this movie. There's an old man in front of me, about two rows down, <laughs> and me and they just like, we start smelling something. Like, what the fuck is that? And sure enough, this old man shitted on himself and stayed in the seat throughout the entire movie. Bro, so we got we got whiffs of shit um, as I'm watching this. the movie. So that's hiring for you. Uh, oh, but, but yeah, uh, this is honestly disappointing to say the least for a last effort. I mean, I give Harrison Ford so much credit for being an 80 year old man, and he looks great. Like he, there's a scene where his shirts off. The dude is like kind of like ripped. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, okay, CGI. No, it, it was real. It was real. Okay. Um, but speaking of CGI, there's an opening sequence when it takes place back when he's like during like, the first or second movie when he's like younger, and that's one of the worst. What's it called? De-aging I've ever seen. Um, well, in, in modern times, anyway. And it's just weird. Like, you would think the, the technology would progress or whatever, but because Sam Jackson's uh, de-aging in Captain Marvel is still the best I've ever seen ever. Like, it looks so fucking good. I couldn't even tell with de-aging at points. But this, I don't know. It just looked very bad. But that opening sequence, however, is my favorite opening sequence in all the Indiana Jones movies. Every single one of the movies has a big action thing to kind of pop the movie off. And this one was just so, so good. However, the movie kind of went downhill from there. It's just, it's not a bad movie at all. It just played it so safe, man. It, it played it so, so safe. And I commend Harrison Ford for being an 80-year-old man in an action movie, but I see why a lot of 80-year-olds don't get the opportunity because, boy, could you tell this nigga was 80. Um, <laughs> God damn. Every scene, he's like, right. he's supposed to be running in. He just slides in the frame like he just got done running because they, they will not show this nigga running. He, he's, limping, <laughs> he's limping around. You know, and, and it's just such a, a drastic contrast in the old movies, even in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when he was like 60, when he's like, you know, Indiana Jones is an agile guy. He's running, he's punching, he's fighting. None of that's happening. Uh, I will say that it has my favorite artifact in the movie. Each of these movies has like an artifact that, that the movie centers around, like whether it be like the, the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant. Um, this has a Dial Destiny. I won't ruin what it is. I won't spoil it for people who haven't seen the movie yet, but it's a, it's a really cool artifact. And it has a really cool thing that it does. So I, I love me some. Well, I won't spoil it. But yeah, and lastly, what about this movie is that it wasn't a good send off at the at the end. I wanted a monumental send off for this iconic character. Even though I don't appreciate the franchise as much as everybody else does, I still recognize it as an iconic franchise that people love. And to have this eighty year old man come back and do this movie, which is such, such a feat within itself, the ending just kind of happens. It's like what? Like there's no like we're not honoring him. Like there's not going to be like no kind of like you know like I want like a fifteen minute, ten minute sequence of just us giving him his flowers essentially, you know. And it just didn't happen. And I thought that was just such a a wrong direction, in my opinion. So overall, I gave the movie, I believe, a C plus. Um, just an average adventure flick. I, I think you can probably skip it. Wow. Um, and yeah. Um, last bit of news here, guys. Megan is now available to stream on Prime Video. If you haven't seen Megan yet, did, did you watch Megan Pete? from January? Megan from January. Yes, it's, it's now on Prime. Megan? It's taking now, that long to get on fucking Prime. Jesus Christ. Now on Prime Video. Um, also, fun fact: BT is currently exploring ways to bring back 106 and Park. Uh, can it work today, you think? And if it can, who do you have, like, a dream? Do you have a dream? Oh, you don't like castings, but you have a dream hosting? Music videos are dead, um, and I think this format of show is dead. Mm. Uh, people are too invested in their phones to sit and watch this type of thing, especially when they can literally just go on YouTube and watch it if they really wanted to. Um, I will say some of the aspect of 106 and Park was bringing on the guests and having to do live performances. Right. But, I mean, what, are you going to get fucking – Ti, like mm. or something like uh, who who gives a fuck? Um, yeah, they shouldn't do it. It's dead. Let's leave it dead. I think I might agree with you, but I do think if you can get the formula right and tweak it enough to you can modernize it enough, to, I think there's something here. Because all I see on Twitter every day is, oh my god, I miss one system part. There's such a nostalgia and a longing for it, 
that mm-hmm. I think if you bring it back in the right capacity, I saw like a, a great hosting tweet. It was like, let's have Drewski and Kiki Palmer host it. Like those are two great big personalities that I think would have people tune in. Like, like maybe you don't do the show every week or every day a week, but maybe just do it like maybe once or twice a week. Uh, bring on some acts, like some fresh new acts, like Lil Baby, the Gunners of the World. I think this thing can work, but it would take a lot for it to work. But I do miss that formula of just, like, I love music videos. I check for them every time they come out. But I think the average person probably not invested as me as I am in the music videos, unfortunately. Um, and, la- and last bit of news here, guys. Uh, HBO has been licensing some <laughs> of said this. said that four straight times. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I- last segment of news, I guess. Now, this is the last bit of that segment. Uh, HBO has been licensing, has begun licensing some of its shows to Netflix. For example, Insecure right now is on HBO. I mean, from HBO is now streaming on Netflix all the seasons. So this, of course, will garner a whole new audience. People will get a chance to watch it. People will get a chance to watch it again. What are your thoughts on this? This is a big, big acquisition for Netflix. I don't know if that sentiment is necessarily correct. I mean, it's not like it's not like 20 years ago when, like, you had to choose. I mean, fucking HBO Max is 9.99 or 15, whatever it is, like... If you wanted to watch Insecure, you would have paid the subscription to watch it already. I don't think people are so cheap that they're only paying for Netflix and they don't have Hulu and Disney Plus and all that shit. So that that argument of like it's going to get introduced to a whole new audience, I, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. If it is, great. And I'm wrong. I, I, it's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, cool. It's on Netflix. That's great, I guess, for all yeah, the niggas that want to watch Insecure that didn't want to pay $15 to watch it. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I think this will totally bring a whole new fandom to uh, Insecure. You'd be surprised how many people won't pay that $15.99. You know that they want to watch the show. So, yeah, this will bring a whole new audience for sure. And it'll just put Insecure back into the, zeit- the zeitgeist of uh, people's minds and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it'll be cool. And, uh, yeah, that kind of wraps it up, guys. you have any lasting thoughts, Julian? Uh, what's what's the next movie you're excited to see, Mondi? You going to see Mission Impossible? Make... No, I haven't watched. I, I stopped watching after Ghost Protocol, so I got to catch up. So I probably won't catch up in time. Great. Um, the next next one I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see it might be Barbie and Oppenheimer. Got it. Yeah, Barbie yeah. Heimer. How, how about you? I think, yeah, I think so too. Honestly, well, I mean, I'm not. I can't say I'm excited. Uh, but I did just find out that Barbie's a comedy. I didn't know that. Um, the first trailer. The that. first trailer was did not tell me it was a comedy. The first trailer, I had no fucking idea what was going on, and that was one of the reasons why I was like, I don't get why people are excited to see this. Uh, but now that I know it's a comedy, um, I'll be there Thank opening you. night. So yeah. Wait. What the hell did you think it was? It's not a comedy. A fucking dramatic period I had I, I was trying to figure it out, which is why, again, I was like, I don't understand why people are so excited for this. I don't know what the fuck this is. Do I give, do I, do I give a fuck about some random Barbie story? No. It's like a fish it's out of a water story. She's coming to the real world. like It's like Elf, basically, but for Barbie. Oh, God. Okay. okay. Elf was great, wasn't it, Mondi? Elf was a fucking amazing best Christmas movie ever, bitch. You're funny. Jingle All the Way exists. Um. All so, right, guys. Jim Carrey's the Grinch. But okay, yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah, jingle all the way. All right, thank you, Monty. Thank you.